All right. Doors closed. On-air light flashing. Live. Lawyer talk. Off the record, but on the air. Podcasting. Now. Live, sort of. Ready to bring you yet another episode of DUI 360. It ain't OVI 360, because OVIs are just Ohio. Yep. It ain't drunk driving 360, because... That's a little bit too crass. OMVI 360. And truth be told, everybody knows what a DUI is, and everybody knows they don't want one, and everybody knows what they need to do when they get one. Call you out with your bummer. 614-224-6142. Ask for Jeff. Ask for Bill. Ask Pretty for easy. Steve. Simple. Simple. Easy. You got it. But we're here to inform the listenership, the audience, so to speak, of what really is DUI legal stuff all about. And it's not just about you. Everybody hears me. I probably, I probably said this before on other DUI 360s. It's like anybody can go online. Anybody can punch in DUI lawyer. Anybody can just hire the first dude or gal who charges yeah. you 500, 750, 1500, whatever. It doesn't even make any difference. But if you don't know, most people haven't been in trouble before. I mean, let's just say it. But if you have, maybe you got the, the person you used before and you felt good about that. That's cool. I ain't telling you to go anywhere else. But you, no matter where you go, who you call, what you do, you should, you should be informed. And here we are sharing the top secret lawyer talk information about DUIs. And we're giving you the experience you would get if you showed up into our office. And we're giving it to you times 20 because your what you need to hear may be different than what yeah. somebody else needs to hear. But you get to hear it all and pick and choose here through the podcast. You here. might as well hear it before anything happens. You might as well hear so it before anything happens. And, and that way you're going to be informed. It's like anything else. And we're, we're, you're going to be informed not only – like you're not just reading garbage online. You get to hear it, right? You get to hear us talk. Yeah. You're making going to see it, us soon enough, right? Making videos. Videos of this stuff. You bet. We're doing it yeah. all. We're making it up as we go. Uh, all right. So we have started to discuss field sobriety testing. And I think by now the message, the lesson ought to be learned and clear to everybody. You don't have to take no field sobriety test. I don't need no stinking FSTs. Nope. And the field sobriety testing, the monkey testing, the acrobatic testing, the athletic ability tests uh, plural, are voluntary. Yeah. All right. That, that's a that, big that word. Means, I get yeah. it. It means you don't have to do it. Yeah. You have volunteered. Cooperating. Like, who wants to go Pick play one on one with Michael? Jo I'll do it. I'll do it. And guess what? If you lose, you go to jail. Um, you don't have to do it. Now, this is we had the big question: like to blow or not to blow? And I think that's sort of like the red herring in the DUI world. Everybody wants to know: oh, do I take that breath test or yeah. not? To, but you, even before that, you don't have to take field sobriety tests. No. So. You don't have to be Steve Martin on the side of the road and the man with two brains jumping up and down and doing backflips and running mm -hmm. sideways. You don't have to be that dude or Homer Simpson. I think there was a Simpson. Um, Simpson did it. I think so. Yeah. You, you, you can just say no. And that they, that's the irony. So Nancy Reagan said, just say no to alcohol and drugs. I agree with that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, you can just say no after you've had alcohol and drugs to field sobriety to testing. Field sobriety. Now, yeah. this is not about the Fifth Amendment. Now, just so we're let's clear this up. There is this, there is this written set of mandates that came out of the framers. Those are the dudes with white wigs yeah. who wrote this constitution wooden and wooden teeth. And they 
realize that when they finished the United States Constitution and it was ratified in 1789 for you history buffs, wow. uh, there was more that needed to be done. So they started to create these amendments. And they were so important, they called it a Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. And the Bill of Rights is just as powerful now as it was then. And it says, in pertinent part, as we might say in a brief, the Fifth Amendment says you don't have to make no statements against your own interest. You don't have to go confess. You have a right to remain silent. Right. Um, now, doing field work? sobriety tests ain't talking. Doing field sobriety tests is not a verbal response. It's not a written response. It's not a communicative response. So says the United States Supreme Court. Now, whether I agree with that or not, yeah. I am a legal scholar in many Let's ways. Let's your dad in here. And moron in a lot of other ways. That. But yeah, you it, stop signs hearsay, buddy. Stop signs hearsay. <laughs> you don't have to, whether you like it or not, doing field sobriety is not a statement that is protected under the Fifth Amendment. But mm. who cares about that? You can still say no. Yeah. Now, the law has said if you say no to a breath test, they read you all this impossible language that we had to read one time in yeah. this podcast. I almost didn't get through it. And that says bad things are going to happen to you. So it says in like 50 sentences or 20 sentences in legalese, that is language that lawyers speak. And I don't even speak that language. I can't, I couldn't get through that crap. Um, it says basically you're screwed, dude. You're going to lose your driver's license. Yeah. And it sucks either way. And then there's a there's the trickery at the end that makes you think it sucks less if yeah, you take the if test. You take the test, yep. but it's just not true. We went through that. Um, they don't give you that same legalized warning with it when it comes to field sobriety tests. What they do is they slip it in the back door. They just say we're just going to have you step out of the car and do some field sobriety tests. They don't tell you. See, this is Jedi mind trick. Absolutely. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Yep. Step out of the car. Yep. And do my test. I just want to make sure you're okay to drive tonight, and then we'll get you on on your way. Yeah, we're going to just get you it's on like, your oh, way. Well, maybe I got a chance. Right. Wait a minute. If I pass this test, I get to go home. My wife's in bed waiting on me. My boyfriend's there waiting on me. My kids will never know that this happened. I won't lose my job. Man, I'm a bust out loud. I'm good. My wife's in bed waiting on me. My boyfriend's in bed waiting on me. If you got one of those things going on. Right. It's like you're, you're on the midnight booty call and you're, you're halfway there and you're just like, I might get there still. Uh, just follow this pen. Not so young much. man. The first of the, of the, Triple threat is the HGN, the horizontal gaze nystagmus. Right. Uh, and if we're going to make some up like we often do, it's like you have ocular gaze nystagmus. Does that exist? I don't know. It does in my courtroom. Sounds great to me. The Yeah. So the last I mean, cop I crossed in front of a jury, that's all I did. I just looked up. I Googled nystagmus and every nystagmus, even if I couldn't tell what it was and barely say the word. Oh, I brought it up. That exists too, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. That's, a, that's an important one. <laughs> that's one of the biggest ones. That's one of the most common ones, isn't yeah. it? And there's no answer to that, right? Because if they say yes, oh, yeah, what what reading have you done on that? Yeah. And right. If they say no, it's like, oh, how can you tell a difference between the horizontal gaze nystagmus caused by alcohol consumption and this ocular gaze nystagmus? Yeah. What's the yeah. difference? Help me out. Tell, yeah. tell these folks what the difference is. Tell us, sir. Can you tell us what the Sanchez nystagmus is? Oh, the, you never heard of that one? It's a, it's a real dirty really? one. <laughs> So you just, you just get, you go down this path and you look in cross-examination bill. Here's, here's a little cross-examination one-on-one. There used to be this guy named Irving Younger and yeah, know, he gave the 10 commandments great, and it works perfectly with the bill of rights yeah, we know right now. It does. But you know, in a lot of ways, Irving Younger has been debunked and, and it's a fun seminar. It's there are a lot of good lessons there. I actually like, there's five of those I really like. Yeah. But you got, there, there are good sort of starting points to master if that's ever as possible or to get better at cross-examination. One is 
never ask a question you don't know the answer to. The other is don't ever ask an open-ended question. I don't agree with that one. Never ask that. Now, if you ask Bugliosi never to ask an open-ended question. Now, he was a prosecutor. He was a master at asking open-ended questions because he had this way about it's called a, there's a logical fallacy. I learned this at the college of Worcester. I was almost a mm-hmm. philosophy major. There's a logical fallacy called reductio ad absurdum, which means you reduce it to absurdity. <sighs> reductio ad absurdum. Reductio so ad these absurdum. logical fallacy, what you do, if How somebody gives wood, you an wood, argument, chuck, chuck, if a woodchuck could chuck wood, that's yeah, quite a word. That's quite a word. So you have to reduce the reasoning to absurdity to demonstrate that it's faulty logic. Mm. All right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Bugliosi was a master at it. And so, Bugliosi, Vincent Bugliosi, so you're talking about, he prosecuted the, uh, he Manson. prosecuted Manson. Manson. Yeah. And there was Manson another murders. one. He wrote a book called In the Sea Will Tell. About and this the Sea Will Tell was oh, it's an awesome book. book. Yeah. I don't know, murder on an Island. Get it. I yeah. read it. Good book. Uh, anyway, we have digressed into the realm of esoteric no, nonsense. No, no, no. We, we're, we're here. Um, anyway, there is a rule that you can't break, says Irving Younger. You're never allowed to ask an open-ended question. Or a question to which you do not know the answer. Now, an open-ended question, it's like, why? Why That's didn't you question. go do this, Mr. Witness? Yeah. Well, and then you get this answer, and you might as well just bend over and go to the proctologist because right. it's coming. Right. It's coming. And then the jury hears it, and like, yeah. boy, that guy sort of stepped Remember in. Remember a civil action? And the guy's teaching, and he goes, you never ask an open-ended question. And they're standing there, and John Travolta goes, Why? And the guy just puts his head down like, don't ask that question. And the guy just rattles it rattles off. off all the answers that are going to kill you. Um, there are exceptions to that. I watched Bernard Z. Yavich. Bernard. Bernie Yavich. Eric Yavich is esteemed father who's yep. still a re- well-respected trial attorney yes. here in, the, in town. Great man. And I watched he and Eric tried a case years and years and years ago together. There was an arson, string of arsons out on the – Far east of Columbus, barely in Frank County, but it was. Firebug. And there were people torching barns and torching garages and doing different things. And at one point, um, we'll see Eric and Bernie, Eric and his dad each had a separate co-defendant. So they each had one of them. Okay. And I watched some of this trial. And Bernie goes up and starts chipping away at this police officer and Bernie doesn't follow the rules. Like Irving Younger said, it doesn't mm-hmm. look like a textbook cross, but it's brilliant, right? It was, it was awesome. Yeah. And he's sort of going through like we do what all the things that the investigating officer didn't do. And he didn't, ah, what was the thing about it? I might have to make it up. So there were, there were footprints in the snow. Okay. All right. You, we talked about this one time. I think there were footprints in the snow. Oh, going away from the house, walking away from some, Barn. Barn or wherever some arson had been committed and maybe leading back to one of the suspect's houses. And the police officer <laughs> did not stupid <laughs> did not take molds of the footprints in the snow. Okay. And I'm not sure they could have. I'm and maybe right. they could have, maybe they couldn't have. The, they but in this case in this case they could have. Whatever the facts were, it was possible to do it. And not only possible, probably reasonable to do it, and not only reasonable, probably prudent to do it. See how I did that in threes? Uh-huh. Possible. Yeah. But beyond that, officer, it would have been reasonable to do it. Yeah. And if you're sitting over here at the defense table and or maybe even the prosecution table and you want to make sure that you got the right guy sitting at the it would have been prudent to do it. What does he say to that, Bill? There's nothing you can really say other than yes. Yeah. And always always go so in threes a, like that. You took right. one you took one real question and made it three. Made it three. Always do it. Yep. That's a, I learned that at a seminar. 
Um, anyway, Bernie's going through chipping away at this and, uh, he asked an open-ended question. I'm like, uh Oh, I have a young lawyer in my mid twenties. I've listened to the 10 commandments of cross-examination by Irving Younger and you're not allowed to do that. Number one. <laughs> and I've, how did he, how did he set it up? He goes, you got to pin him. He you just, pin him in where it, it, well, he had gone through that. The guy had not taken the mold. He had gone through that. The guy had seized uh, these shoes. And, um, how did you compare or are those the same shoes that match these footprints or some question like that? And the officer's like, I got him now. Yeah. And he says, well, yes, they were. And Bernie comes back, takes a pregnant pause. Hmm. Like he's been burned. Says, well, how do you know that it wasn't another pair of shoes? How do you know it wasn't this pair of shoes? How do you know it this pair of shoes? You didn't do the comparison that would have proved it. How do you know? It's an open-ended question. Yeah. To which there was no answer. You take a little leap of faith with that. You take a leap of faith. But, but you just got to roll with it. Sometimes, you're, there's sometimes a, it works. There's a little voice in your head that says, have at it. Mm-hmm. Have at it. How do you know it wasn't that when you didn't do what you should have done to be sure? Those are those moments you just got to use your gut. You got to use your gut. Anyway. Same is true with your cross-examination. You just proposed on HGN. And I've done this before, a la Bernard Ziyavich. On cross-examination, you're familiar, of course, with ocular gaze nystagmus. Mm-hmm. No right answer. Um, no, I don't know that one. And you're familiar, of course, with zippity-doo-dah nystagmus. Yeah, you're I familiar, of course. You just go through the whole list, list, right? So you yeah. go through this whole list. No, no, no. But you're sure that this was horizontal gaze nystagmus because of alcohol. Yes. Pregnant pause. How do you know it wasn't ocular gaze nystagmus if you don't even know what that is? How do you know? Right. Yeah. How do you know it wasn't this other kind of nystagmus? The fact is, you don't know for sure. You don't know that this individual wasn't suffering from ocular gaze nystagmus that night on that date, at this time, when you're making enormous decisions about this person's life, you don't know that at all. Because you already backed him into the corner. You know the he, answer. He backed himself in. Yep. He put it in reverse, backed right in. Um, so we have digressed well beyond anything that has to do with the next field sobriety test that we're going to talk about. I love me some fields. So field sobriety testing. All right. Optokinetic nystagmus. Optokinetic nystagmus. How do you know, officer, that this wasn't optokinetic nystagmus? Manifest nystagmus. And this is manifest nystagmus. You know about that Congenital Congenital nystagmus. Manifest latent nystagmus. Latent. Are you latent nystagmus, officer? Acquired nystagmus. Maybe he's acquired it. Man, this is... So you go through all these... Oh, it's just like inner ear. Nystagmus can be caused so vestibular. Vestibule, yeah. So you've got the little yeah. vestibule bones. Maybe you've yeah. got Meniere's disease. That's another one All I brought that stuff. up. Veneer. Meniere's disease. Meniere's disease. Okay. It's a balanced disease. Yeah. Or you just, you know, powder. Yep. Now the, Albino. The, or you might be powder. Now here's the here's the question. Here's the answer you got to be ready for. Well, he had an odor of alcohol. I just figured that was it. Must be this. Counselor, how do you handle that answer? All right. So I had an odor of alcohol. It must be it. I mean, you want to go right back to 
well, how could you be sure with all these other nystagmus that, that exists? Because it was you alcohol. Can. Nine times out of ten. Oh, oh, you just came up with a stat there. Where'd you get that number? Now, so you, you can you can you can pick around at it. You can pick around at it. Isn't this the most dangerous of situations? So you've just made an assumption mm. that because there was an odor of alcohol, and we're going to talk about odors of alcohol and, and other things you can draw from that here in a second, but let's just start. Let's stay here for a minute, officer. You just made an assumption. I heard that. You said since it was there was an odor of alcohol, and since you're familiar with other types of nystagmus but don't I can't identify them, you safely in your head assumed that it must be horizontal gaze nystagmus. You yeah. you made that leap. Yes. You know, odor of alcohol must be horizontal. Yes. Yet you still don't know what ocular gaze nystagmus looks like, acquired nystagmus looks like, blah, 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 nystagmus, blah, blah, yeah. blah, nystagmus. Make your list as long as you want it. You still don't know. So you've made an assumption. Where in the manual does it permit assumptions? Open-ended question. Uh-huh. I can't think of some place where it says that. Hand the manual. Pull I mean, out I guess your phone and start surfing what we had talked about. What we talked about, I mean, everything is an assumption until we put it together in the totality of the circumstances. Because if HGN is 77% chance that they would blow X on 0.1 on the breath test, everything is a little bit of an assumption. The question is, how many assumptions do I have in the totality of the circumstances to say, I have enough probable cause to arrest him, and I believe I have enough proof to prove this case beyond reasonable doubt? Man, that sounds good. Let's back up. Okay. You just assumed that you were correct. I just... You added every single assumption that you had. Yes. Together. You made assumptions at every level and then assumed at the end that you were correct. Well, I didn't make assumptions that it smelled like alcohol. So it definitely it smelled, smelled like, like alcohol. alcohol. How much alcohol had he consumed? Were you with him that night? I was not with him that night. Do you know if he had one drink? No. Two drinks? No. Three drinks? No. Four drinks? No. You know, though, based on your training, your experience, hanging out with other cops, going to seminars, do it in a gym, do it in the road. Yeah. Doing your thing. That yes. alcohol itself doesn't really have an odor. Yeah. So the intoxicating substance, the ethanol itself, that's what makes you drunk. You know that, right? Yeah. And that doesn't really have an odor. So what you're really smelling is sort of this byproduct of alcohol that doesn't- Odor of an alcoholic beverage. Odor of alcohol. But that doesn't equate- in any concrete scientific way to the amount consumed. Absolutely not. I would not have rested him just for smelling like alcohol. Of course not. But you would assume that since he smelled like alcohol, he must have had some alcohol in some quantity and therefore didn't have all these other types of nystagmus to I am, reach these conclusions. Yeah. I am, I am trained to know that if I do not smell alcohol, I can probably assume somebody's not under the influence of alcohol. If I smell alcohol, I can make one assumption that they may be under the influence of alcohol, and that's why Maybe, we continue. Right. So we what you try to, to do, down the, what you try to do the manual. is justify the first assumption, the maybe, with the testing. Yeah, it's called police work. But it's you just did it backwards. You took the testing and justified the conclusion based on the first assumption. I justified my conclusion based on the first assumption and the second assumption and the third assumption and the fourth right. assumption and the fifth assumption and the evidence that continues to mount against. Oh, no, that's not evidence yet. We're talking about assumptions. Well, if somebody smells like alcohol, that is evidence in a drink, drinking and driving case. That is an observation of an 
odor and call alcoholic it beverage. I'll call it that. <laughs> How uh, far are we going to go? Uh, odor and alcoholic getting, beverage. No, we get in the weeds. This is getting, getting intense. No, but we'd have to. <laughs> So, but this go. is fun stuff. This is the kind of stuff that prepares you for those moments. This is why you have to do it. Steve and I have sat here and looked at each other, and he's put me on the spot. What do you say now? And it's like, it's hard, and it sucks, and it chews at you. But in those moments when I've been in trial, I've had responses that directly we've talked about in our office that I know I had it. It was just in the Rolodex. We talk about the Rolodex. Right. It was just like, oh, he's going there. Okay, I, I have something for that. I got something for and that. Until you, and until you experience it over and over and over again and prepare like this. And again, this is just off the cuff. We don't have a script here. We're just doing this. No, you know what I mean? We're just making it up. Right. And that's, that's got it. It's, you have to prepare your cross-examinations. Now, here's what's interesting. You don't even have to prepare it. I don't know. Does a lawyer talk? You almost can't prepare prepare it. You don't have to prepare this based on drunk driving. I go down the road and I think, all right, I want to prove that this is a sunny day. I got a witness who's arguing with me. They just take stupid things like that. And I just go through these little minutets in my head. And I do this and I've been practicing for 20 some years. It, It just keeps your mind sharp. And all you can do, look, I go back to classical guitar again, right? They, Segovia started doing these scales. So, you would take the scales. He would go around the circle of fifths and he would start, you know, with, uh, like F C G D A E B F sharp. So he would go through and he would do the scales for each one yeah, of those. And then the relative language to me and then the relative minor scales. And I have learned those scales to do them. And the idea is if I can play those scales, not only am I learning the music theory, but I am creating a basis of technique to get through those scales because as you're playing them on a classical instrument, like a classical guitar, you can change the tone. You can change the color. You can uh, make it sound snappy. You can make uh, it sound sharp. You can make it sound bright. You can soften it. You can use all rest strokes. You can all the free same, strokes. Playing the same notes. Playing the same notes. Wow. Okay. You can, you can make sure that your left hand technique hits the right part of the fret every single time. Now, you better be careful because you just might learn something before we're through. It's the old Bill's Cosby, right? <laughs> because if you've done that, you get to apply that technique to the next piece. So you don't, you've learned technique without learning a song, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. pretty amazing. So if you yeah. give some, and I think like you go off and you, you're at the war and you can't um, practice, you can still practice your scales. Uh. You know, you can still do that. Yeah. And you can, you can really develop technique doing it. It's the same thing, right? Uh-huh. You can take a simple little argument with your daughter yeah, and turn it into a cross-examination scale practice. I've done that. So, um, yeah. All right. So for 22 minutes, we were supposed to be talking about the next field sobriety test. We have not done that. Shall we shift gears and do that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So HGN. This is one I've got because you're going to walk and turn. We're going to walk and turn. Okay. And the idea here is the HGN, you have no voluntary control over the eye movement. Walk and turn. Now we're sort of entering this realm of human ability. This is what people think of to me. Yeah. When, when I think of a drunk driver, like before I knew what I know about drunk driving, I, I think of that person walking the line. The classic. The classic, you know, you're on the side of the road, they pick a line, and here you go. And this is the second in the trilogy of standardized field sobriety. they do this one second. Yeah. We got the manual. And you don't actually need a line. I can show you where it's at if you want. I'm going to see what the manual's called. What manual? What are you looking for? I'm looking for the NHTSA manual. All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Give me it. Where's the front page? I want to talk about this. Stuff. Oh, well, I'd have to go get the book for that. This is my breakdown. Right, I better give this to you. I don't understand any of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It so, says OVI manual. He is holding a white 
homemade notebook. Yeah, that so this is has been with me for years. The appropriate torn, tattered, and frayed look about it as if yeah. he has done many, many, many OVI preparatory sessions with yep. it. Yeah. And he has, in fact. He's got his own notes. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that you go to your lawyer's office and he or she's got this. You're in the right place. Right. All right, because this shows you can't invent this kind of work that you've done on this. You can't just like fake it. You've done the workup. I just got to a point. There's highlights. Where, there's post-its yeah. of different colors. I just got to a point where, I mean, you can't, in my opinion, represent somebody on a drunk driving unless you know this thing inside and out. Because yeah. this is what the officers are relying on to charge your client. Right. So it's almost like it's like the evidence rules. It's like evidence rules are complicated even for people that have been practicing law forever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to know the rules unless you sit down and read them. Got to read them, and that's what it is. I just well, you got to read them, and then you can. That's like this is their manual. This is their directions for doing it. All right. He's so this is the me. procedures for the walk and turn. Now you right. want to give the exact language they should give. All right. So here's what it is. Here's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at page V one 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 dash nine. Yeah. So let's set it up. So this is a public record, by the way. Anybody can get this. Yeah. You've done the HGN, and the officer says, "Okay, that's enough there. Uh, I got another test for you." We're going to do a walk and turn. Now, here before I get there, let's look at this. It says, officer safety is the number one priority on any traffic stop. They right? rely on that a lot. All right. So here's the deal. You need to know that. We need to know that. And you always hear me say this all the time. You got to feed it. Mm-hmm. You got to feed it. My last OVI trial, I spent a lot of time on that issue. Officer safety is the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. in your trial. Yep. Because if he is worried or she is worried about their own safety, not to their fault, they might miss something. Mm-hmm. All right. Look at this. Look at this for what it is. Mm-hmm. They use it as an excuse. Give it to them. Uh-huh. You're right. You got to be safe. Yeah. It's when you're dangerous out dangerous there. out there. You got to watch for other cars. You got to watch for other things. I mean, look where you go with this. Yeah. Watch for other cars. Yeah. It's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for him. Yeah. You got to make sure that uh, that you are paying attention to the other vehicles and that you don't put this individual so close to the road. And at this point, you suspect they might be impaired. Imagine what this individual thinks. Probably the same as you. He's not an officer, but he wants to make sure that you got civilian safety too. Anyway, that's just, I And the majority of the drunk driving situations, where are you? It's dark. It's It's at night. It's at night. It's scary. Let's talk about another issue. They even teach you to stagger your car behind them. So you have some extra protection. Give it to them. Feed the beast. Yeah. Let's just, just keep it going. All right, and and that's just looking at one page of this manual. I would have done that. I've done that crap. We got twenty five questions based on the first line you just read. If it if it if it has water, like the situation I was in was the gentleman pulled the the accused pulled into a bank parking lot, and I didn't get to see any field sobriety. They were all off camera. Well, what they like to do is they like to say, "Well, I took him over to the sidewalk for officer safety." Yeah. I took him over to the sidewalk because the roadways are dangerous. Well, you can't say that when you're in a parking lot at 2 o'clock in the morning of right. a bank that's not open. Right. Yeah. So you get uh, you get the point here. And this has actually happened to me. I've actually – shall I confess that Jeff is more nuanced on these little rules than I am? But I know they exist. So I'm in the middle of a trial. I've walked over and grabbed this book from you, and I see something like, oh, officer, i got to use that. Well, that's weird because <laughs> you like, have – you've been doing it for so long. It's like you don't – you almost don't need the book. I it's just, like you I just, just – it's make common it sense right. like – you're doing an investigation. What should you have done? And I see something like this on the top page of his manual. I'll, I'll shift gear up and say, officers, that's the most important. That's probably why you had him over there offside the camera. You just did it. Right. You read the first line and you said, well, here we go. Look at the first line. Look at the first line. There's, <laughs> this is like the fertile crescent. All right. So it says, we're back to whether, see, we're talking to lawyers maybe, or maybe people are interested. Who knows? Um, procedures for walk and turn testing. This is a lawyer talk. Off the record though. 
Um, the initial stage, Holy smokes. section one. Poor, poor guy. That's a, clearly a homeless man that has had a lot to drink. Uh, initial positioning and verbal instructions. And here's what they're trained to do. For standardization in the performance of this test, have the suspect assume the heel-to-toe stance by giving the following verbal instructions. There you go. This is what they quote-unquote should say to you on the side of the road. And here's the point. Accompanied by demonstration. So they got yep. they got to tell you and they got to show you. Yep. Place your left foot on the line, paren, real or imaginary, and paren, period, demonstrate. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you're getting graded, by the way, when they're doing this. Like, it's starting. It, it starts. Game on. You're well, the bus it's driver. starting the moment the, the moment the lights come on. Yeah, but now they're looking for clues on this. Yeah. All right. Second dot point here. All right. So let, let's let's lay this out because that, that that was garbage, whoever wrote that. I mean, it just didn't make sense. Put your left foot on the line. So you're going to put – do this. If you're, if you're able to listen to this and do this, let's do this. So you put your left foot and just put it on either a line somewhere around you right now Imagine or just put line. it on the floor. Yeah. Take your right foot. Put it heel to toe in front of your left foot and maintain that position. All right. So here's what it says. Place your right foot on the line ahead of the left foot, comma, with the heel with heel of right foot against toe of left, of left foot. Demonstrate. So he's supposed to t- show you and yeah. tell you. Here's what I want you to do, sir. And he's going to stand there with, with you. All right, next. Place your arms down at your sides. Mm-hmm. So now you're in this weird little balanced contorted position mm-hmm. with your arms at your sides. Anybody do this right now. Everybody this stand up hard. and do it. This is a hard position Stop to maintain. Stop your car. Get out on the yeah. side of the road. <laughs> this is hard. So put, Act like there's and, a cop behind you. you have to maintain that and continue to listen. Steve's going to read some more stuff. It's like, and continue to listen. All right, so imagine that. You are walking like you're on a balance beam, heel to toe. What does a balance, what is it, Bill? How many people You're have a walked? smart guy. Tightrope walker. What's he carrying? <laughs> What's a tightrope walker? What's he carry? carry? Yeah. A stick. Yeah, you ever seen the poles? Right. Oh, a big, long pole. pole. Right? Yeah. Why does he carry that? For balance. All right. Yeah. If you don't have a pole, what do you do? You just did it. You just take your arms out. Yeah. Raise your arms. Are you drunk degrees. right now, man? Yeah. You must be drunk standing like that with your arms out <laughs> yeah. sides like yeah. that. But it's a common thing when you walk when you walk an imaginary line right. or a line, you put your arms up. Right. Then, yeah. That's, that's a point. All right. Yeah. There we go. This is the Bill Meeks cross-examination I learned years ago. Bill, have you – it's funny your name is Bill. Mr. Forney. Have you ever walked on a railroad track rail as a child? That's yes. what I love. And when you walked on that railroad track, you had to be careful to balance enough. It's sort of a game as yeah. kids play, right? Yes. And maybe even by yourself, you're out just cruising around, find a track and just walk down it. You didn't walk in the middle. For some reason, you were drawn to sort of walk on the rail. It was fun. It was just it's something you do. Yeah. And I imagine at some juncture, you probably lost your balance a bit. Of course. Now, Swayed one side to the other. You're just a young boy at this time when you did yes. this. Um, hadn't snuck into or sneaked into daddy's liquor cabinet and took a snort of vodka, did you? No. All right. So you're totally sober. Correct. Not intoxicated. Right. Not drunk. Right. All right. See, that's three. Same word three times, different ways. Here's what I love. Um, yeah, you did. And then you sort of set off down this rail. Yes. And when you lost your balance, what did you do? Put my arms up, right for balance. It's almost like a teeter totter. Like a yeah. Like you start you to put balance. your arms one up for up, balance. One goes down. Was that? Would you say a voluntary or involuntary response? In other words, it just. I'm, at, I'm sort of watching a young Bill Fornia walking down railroad tracks, whistling or humming his favorite tune that he just heard on the radio, and on the rail, and starts to lose his balance in this little game that he's enjoying. 
and arms fly up. Yeah. Right. And almost, I like the involuntary. Almost without even thinking about it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Not because you were drunk, right. right? Because that was your involuntary response to do that. Now, you didn't think about it. It just happened, right? Correct. Correct. When you asked this gentleman to balance in that way, he came with the same involuntary aptitude, for lack of a better word, that you had when you were walking on it. Yes. All right. So you were asking him to do something that wouldn't be a natural thing for him to do under normal circumstances. Yes. Now you shook your head. Like you almost wanted to say no to that. Did you want to say no to say normal circumstances? So I like the, did you, did you hesitate because you didn't like where I was going with this questioning? Or do you really have a beef with the notion that most people don't walk down railroad tracks with their arms at their side and walking heel to toe? You don't have any beef with that, do you? I don't have any beef with that. All right. So it must've been then that we're going someplace that might show that these tests are asking people to do things they don't normally do on the side of the road. Correct. All right. It's awkward, right? Yes. By design. See here, I'm going to give it back to him. It's okay to be uncomfortable. You're trained to do it this way. You didn't make this up on the side of the road, did you? No. No, 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 no. You were told by somebody ahead of you to do it that way, right? Correct. And you understand that that person was told by somebody ahead of them to do it, right? Yes. And the person above him was told by somebody above them and so on and so on until you get all the way up to Uncle Sam, the federal government. Yes, I didn't write the book. You didn't write the book, (laughs) right. So you didn't make this up. You're just doing as you're trained, right? Yes. Not your fault that you asked him to do something he didn't want or he wasn't naturally capable of doing. It wasn't your fault at all, was it? No. You were trained to do it that way. Correct. Like every other cop that does this on the side of the road. Yes. every other cop that wants to go investigate drunk drivers and charge them with crimes, right? Yes. Right. Boy, it's there fun. you go. Yeah. There yeah. You go. Boy, yeah. that's fun. So that's, that's Bill playing the officer, Steve playing the defense lawyer in real And life. you see what I did? I gave it right back to him. Yeah. Right. So here we go. You know what I love to use? Stand by me. Oh, you guys stand. ever seen Stand it's, by it's Me? It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Stand movie. by Me, there's a, there's a shot in Stand by Me. Here, I'll show it to you, Steve. I just pulled it up. There's a shot in Stand by Me where the boys are walking along and they have... They're walking the railroad ties. Not only do they have an arm out, each of them an arm out, they're holding a stick between them. Yeah, that's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Just both. It's great. That's how we walk the uh All right. That's why so we walk the, the railroad track back in the day. Here's the you're the bus driver. We have a client here. All right. Here's the bus driver question. Keep this position until I tell you to begin. Do not start to walk until I tell you to do so. All right. So now you're on the side of the road, arms at your side, doing something you're not supposed to do, heart racing a mile a minute, yep. probably starting to sweat, wondering what girlfriend is doing at home or boyfriend's doing at home. Now you sort of realize, all right, I'm in the pitcher plant here. I've slid down too far. I ain't getting out. <laughs> um, plant. Oh, boy. Um, and he's just told you something that is very, very important. Do not start until I tell you to. People miss this all the time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to just get it on. Yeah. But you can't. Now, then, you're watching then, you break stance. And mm. then, then to punctuate the point later in court, they say the next thing. Do you understand the instructions so far? And here's the paren. Here's what, here's what we get to see and the police get to see, but you don't get to see. Make sure the suspect indicates that understanding, right? So it's like they want to make sure you heard the instructions, even though they sort of slipped that backwards one in on you. Mm-hmm. And then they want to say, do you understand everything? And then when they're called on it later, they get to say, well, I, I mean, I made sure he understood. I asked him that he understood it, right? <laughs> right. 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 It's right. only the first time he's ever heard it. You're the bus driver. You go and you stop at the first thing. Then you yeah, know, you get yeah. it. All right. So here's where we are so far. You're on the side of the road. You're talking. You've made the decision. 
to take field sobriety tests. You've already done the HGN. You think you've nailed it, even though you haven't. Yeah. And now you're slipping down further in a pitcher plant. And for those who don't remember, the pitcher plant is like the Venus flytrap plant that has this little chemical in the bottom. And what happens, Bill, is bugs, they start on the rim because the the nectar in there is so good. It smells mm-hmm. so good. It's like it's awesome. Yeah. And in this case, the nectar is I get to go home and cuddle with my loved one. Mm. I, I'm almost there. It's like he's got me into the picture. I, I just want to make sure you're okay with. before I let you go. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, let me go. You're not going to jail. It's taken care of. But now, like the HGN. This officer is my friend. And that nectar sounds, mm-hmm. it just smells so good. And you started to get a little taste of it as you did the HGN. It's like, man, I nailed that one. And now you've slipped a little bit farther into the pitcher plant. And you start to taste more of that sweet nectar. And then maybe by the first step of the walk and turn, you realize. I've been had. Yep. Yeah. I can't yep. do this damn test. Yeah. Yep. I've already yep. screwing up left and right. Now this, now this, this adrenaline feedback loop starts where you're right. just like, oh shit, now I've screwed that up. I won't screw up again. Wait a minute. Don't do this. Don't do that. Damn. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, you're a golfer. Yep. I did this. This is my thought process. Don't chunk it. Don't chunk it. Don't chunk it. Shit. Yeah. That's the one thing you don't do. Right. It's like, it's like if you, if you're looking out and you're looking at the fairway and you're looking at your target, we have golfers now that you'll see close their eyes and sort of visualize. It's like, if you took that look like, Ooh, out of bounds is right. Ooh, the water's left. It's like that last thought you have and you pull it and guess where you're going to hit it. Yeah, the water. It's funny. Cause I'm, I did this classical, I'm going back to guitar. I did this performance last Sunday and it wasn't perfect by any means, but oh, I forgot to ask you about, that. I turned a corner because I started to think about this stuff after the first two movements. It was 25 minutes of music and it was this Bach cello suite number one written for cello, but it's been transcribed for you. Uh-huh. So I get through the prelude and I get into the, the, um, the, uh, Alamond movement, second movement. <laughs> this is like, and like, these are a little dances French back to me. It I'm been waiting for like Steve to say, and then yeah. I busted out with Van Halen's eruption. Yeah, I did that. Right. I did that when I was 14. <laughs> so, and now the feedback loop has started. I start to think, all right, you got to hit this. Don't, 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 don't miss this one. Don't, 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 don't. Oh, don't. so you're thinking ahead. And, I'm, and I start to make mistakes. Yeah. I started to sweat. Yeah. I'm just like, all right, take your own advice, jackass. Mm-hmm. All right. I changed in midstream the way I was thinking about my performance. Yeah. I cut out everything except positive thoughts. Yeah. You got this, it's hard to do. You got this part coming up, nail it. Yeah. You got this next section coming up, nail it. And I could even have in the back of my head, you used to screw this up, but today you're going to nail it. Yeah. This is a part where it trips you up all the time, but not today. Yeah. You're going to nail it. Give it that extra inflection because you're probably not projecting nail it this time. Yeah. But I mean, here's the difference. You've been preparing for <laughs> years for that moment in time. Cause you've been playing guitar as you were younger. You've been working with this. Uh, sure. With a, it's almost like it's totally right? different than what we have going here, but I, we're going to start doing that in court field sobriety that you've never probably done under pressure. Certainly, you've never done just in general. Yeah. Nobody's said, hey, if you ever get pulled over, here's what they're going to do to right. you. So you don't know how it works, yeah. and now you're under pressure. And, and you're, you can think you're nailing it, but you make a mistake. Yeah. Lift your oh, we've had those. We've yeah. had those. You know? These dudes who just – they start walking circles. Yeah. So here's here's what – all right. Here's what we're going to do. Because I have I, I have a I have a insight in, into this that I want to make clear. All right. So here here's here's, I think, what we need to do. This is going to be lengthy. We're into the instructions of the walk and turn. Mm-hmm. And we're going to leave everybody hanging on the cliff. That's the old-fashioned cliff 
hanger. This is one of these tests that I we I, need to spend some. time I think on it's this. designed to fail. This is right. one of the tests I don't like. So we are going to create DUI three sixty field sobriety test, comma walk and turn test, part A. Yeah. We have and, some good cross-examination time. And today. there's going to be a Part B and maybe even a Part C. And then we're going to get to the others after this. But I think this is a good stopping point. You are standing on a line. Mm. Cops flashlight in your face. Yep. Cars whizzing by. Visibar lights visibaring. Yep. Things happening everywhere. Right foot in front of left. Hands Heart at racing. Your side. Girlfriend texting. Picture that. Picture that. You're tight. Kids crying. Oh, Life in the kids balance. Crying. We hope not. God. Job at stake. Everything in your world about yeah to what we don't know Implode? yet. Implode? Maybe. Maybe. All you got to do is this. Come on, the cop told you he's go. letting you go. Yeah. Next time we'll tell you what happens. Here we are at Lawyer Talk DUI three sixty, or is it Lawyer Talk on off the record but on the air DUI three sixty, or is it Lawyer Talk DUI three sixty off the record but on the air? It doesn't matter. All sounds good. Pay attention. Tune in for part B. Part two, whatever I end up calling it, I don't know yet. <laughs> for what happens to you on the side of the road after the HGN, now into the walk and turn.